Hi, everyone. Welcome to Oscar Wilde, a podcast about film, always counting down to next year's Oscars. I'm Nick Rorkraut. And I'm Sophia Simonello. And today we'll be talking all about our predictions for the 2021 Oscars being held in March 2022. So there's plenty of time, but we'll be going over the big six categories. So that's all four acting categories, best director and best picture. I'm really excited to do this because I was looking kind of at our schedule from last year and we did our early Oscar predictions at the beginning of June. So it's been exactly a year pretty much since we did that last time. And we had some takes on that episode that (laughs) definitely did not pan out, which I mean, this is going to be really fun because all of the movies that we'll be talking about today for predictions, we haven't seen a single one yet. So these could be incredible. They could be terrible. I don't even think we have trailers for maybe three to five percent of these movies. (laughs) So I am totally going in blind here. And I can't believe that we did that in June because I feel like I felt pretty prepared or like somewhat confident. (laughs) And I have zero confidence today. (laughs) Zero. We were maybe too confident then. And today we're just going to have fun with it because some of these categories I'm like, Shot in the dark here, no idea, just going with some of my favorite names. So we will see. The thing is, is no one knows. If someone tries to tell you that they Mm -hmm. do know what's going to happen, no one's seen these movies. So I'm excited to get into it. We're really just going off of, one, a lot of the big names that we know about, general audiences know about, and two, some of the festivals that happened last year and those films that are going to carry over that weren't widely released and didn't make the cut for last year's award season. Let's go ahead and get started with Best Supporting Actor. My nominees are Bradley Cooper for Soggy Bottom, Jared Leto for House of Gucci, John David Washington for Canterbury Glass, Jesse Plemons for The Power of the Dog, and Al Pacino for House of Gucci. The other problem here is that Like, what are these movies? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, that. But also, like, if somebody's going to be put in lead or supporting. Yeah. Basically, the Lakeith Stanfield of it all. Category placement is definitely the hard part here. I think I'll talk through that with a couple of mine. But do you have any differences? I'm sure you probably do. I really did want to put Timmy in here because he has two films coming in for The French Dispatch. I didn't. (laughs) I think my confusion, not really an issue with the French Dispatch is there are so many actors and I don't know if say one person gets nominated, there Mm -hmm. is absolutely no way I could predict who that one person is going to be right now. Yeah, I feel exactly the same way. So my difference is I also have John David Washington and Al Pacino. My other nominees are Willem Dafoe in The Card Counter. Idris Elba in The Harder They Fall, and Josh O'Connor in Mothering Sunday. Ooh, okay. So of your group, who are you maybe most confident about? I have a pretty good feeling that House of Gucci is going to bring home a lot of acting nominations. One, because we've seen a lot of stills from that movie, and I think we'll talk about that maybe in Mm -hmm. a couple more categories coming up. But I would say Al Pacino is... Maybe my number one here. Okay. I mean, I love Al Pacino. The hard part with supporting is just like, is this going to be 
Pacino in the Irishman type of role where he has a lot to chew on or is it going to be a Pacino in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood where he kind of just like makes a cameo and is amazing but is just kind of there in the background so I also thought about putting Jared Leto in here too Mm -hmm. mostly because the Academy I think does really like him yeah I mean that's why I have him in and in also trying to decipher maybe which one of them could get nominated here. I took into consideration that in the film, within the Gucci family, Al Pacino plays Aldo Gucci, who is like the Gucci Gucci's son. And then his son Paolo is played by Jared Leto. Al Pacino I went for for the same reason kind of that you did. I mean, not knowing screen time or anything like that, but he's mm-hmm. Pacino. He's really loved by the Academy and he's a previous winner. With Jared Leto, I put him in here because of his skills and how I think they match with Ridley Scott's vision for this movie on the soapy side. And if we know anything about Jared Leto, he can play up the camp in a part. I mean, that's what he did in The Little Things. And just seeing the pictures of this and, you know, Ridley Scott not having a closed set, really, all these videos have been leaking and stills. And we saw that clip of his character basically fighting with Lady Gaga's character in this movie. And it just seems like Oscar bait, but also hilarious. And we know this man just attracts nominations. So I have them both getting in. And they do like doing double supporting actor nominations. So, I mean, obviously, we're not confident about any of this, but I could see them both getting in. And which one are you most confident about? So this is pretty dependent on category placement, but if my suspicions are correct, I'm most confident about Bradley Cooper for Soggy Bottom. And that's because it is just his time. Yes, I have loved this man since Alias. I'm trying not to let that blind me, but Paul Thomas Anderson's actors get nominated. And Bradley Cooper, he has this overdue narrative. He is also most likely playing the former hairdresser and producer of the 1976 and 2018 versions of A Star is Born, John Peters, which is incredible commentary from Paul Thomas Anderson to put Bradley Cooper in this type of role. So I feel like if he's playing a character, whether that actually is John Peters or just alluding to a famous person, and we have Mm -hmm. the you know, all of that history about Bradley Cooper, he can definitely get a nomination here. And hopefully it is his time to win an Oscar. And I think we can start our conversation here of biopic performances. We're going to have quite a few examples of that. At least I am on my side of people that I'm predicting get nominated here. This category isn't as stacked with them, I would say, as others. But I do think that Bradley Cooper potentially playing this person just based on the stills that I've seen that definitely adds to a potential awards narrative here and then just quickly mentioning John David Washington he's going to be in Canterbury Glass which is the new David O. Russell movie and his actors tend to get nominated also if we think about like Silver Linings Playbook American Hustle they tend to be big acting halls Mm -hmm. And I feel like it could be the time for John David Washington to get his flowers. And I also love the idea of father-son nominations, not to spoil what I have coming later, but he might get nominated alongside his dad, just in different categories. That's another tough film, though, because there are so many well-known actors again, and it's hard to know. Also, because a lot of the details about the film are 
pretty hush hush right now because mm-hmm. there's another favorite of ours in there, Remy Malik. Oh yeah, right. You know, he and Jared Leto could be in the same category here. It could be a Little Things reunion. <laughs> oh dear. Okay, time to move on. So next up, we have Best Supporting Actress, which these supporting categories for me are the hardest. This is just a total crapshoot for me. I guess my nominees here are Anne Dowd for Mass, Kirsten Dunst for The Power of the Dog, we have a little show off here again. It could be, depending on category placement, but Olivia Coleman and Glenn Close, which we would love <laughs> to see, obviously. And then I'm going to say Judy Dench for Belfast. Okay. So what are your five here? Okay, my five. I have Anne Dowd for Mass, Kirsten Dunst for The Power of the Dog, Glenn Close for Swan Song. Olga Meredith for In the Heights, which I do not feel confident about, but we can talk about that later. And Julianne Nicholson for Blonde. So I know you said this is a crapshoot, but I think it seems like we're both at least a little confident, maybe, <laughs> about <laughs> Anne Dowd for Mass and Kirsten Dunst for The Power of the Dog. It's just their time. I want to see them have nominations. Anne has been a presence in a lot of television and... She was in one of our favorites, Hereditary, a few years ago with mm-hmm. other Academy nominee, Tony Collette. But there was so much press out of Sundance when Mass premiered mm-hmm. about its lead actors. And I would love to see a smaller independent film come through like Sound of Metal, like Minari did this year, and have really strong acting performances about a pretty heavy subject, but... I love Anne Dowd. I would love to see her here. Me too. She's never been nominated before. So I'm really hoping that she can get nominated. And she, to me, so I'm really wary of giving Mass much awards attention for me, Mm -hmm. at least with predictions, because it did get picked up by Bleecker Street, which hasn't picked up an Oscar nomination since 2016. So I'm a little nervous about that for them, but I do have faith in at least maybe one acting performance coming through and and out is so well known and I think too one thing that could benefit her come Oscar time is that she could like ride that critical support wave kind of like Paul Racy did for Sound of mm-hmm. Metal but she's even more well known like everyone knows and out so I think that she has a good chance even with a studio like Bleecker Street behind it. And did you have a reason for Kirsten to be in here? I just like her a lot, and I feel like she's been really successful, and she's pretty underrated. She's been in amazing projects with incredible directors like Sofia Coppola, Lars von Trier, and just hasn't gotten the awards attention that she deserves. So I'm hoping that you know working with Jane Campion in a Netflix film can get her her Oscar nomination. I don't know what this Montana accent is going to bring us, but I'm excited for it. Well, here's the thing. Benedict Cumberbatch is also in that film. (laughs) So her accent has to be better than whatever American (laughs) accent he has cooked up. (laughs) And I have to say, too, really quickly, just that I threw in Julianne Nicholson for Blonde. People are probably like, what? Why? So I just watched Mayor of Easttown like everyone else that has HBO basically and she's phenomenal in that show Mm -hmm. and I think that she could 
maybe should win an Emmy for her performance in it. And I think if she does get an Emmy nomination, that's just going to bring her name up in those types of circles. And she's also playing Marilyn Monroe's mother, who had schizophrenia. So it's a very Academy, potentially gritty type of role. And she might have an overdue narrative as well. I think with some others that I didn't mention, like we had talked about the French Dispatch, both Elizabeth Moss and Tilda Swinton will be eligible and Tilda obviously has her Oscar and I think Elizabeth is overdue for one too. Yeah, I think with Wes Anderson movies, I just think of them more as craft films or like below the line Mm -hmm. movies. So I don't know how they'll choose actors for this, but Elizabeth Moss could be a good choice. I also do have with Olga Merides, I put her in for In the Heights. I'm not quite sure how this movie is going to do with awards, especially without the Golden Globes there, having that musical comedy award anymore. Mm-hmm. Next year is going to be hard for it, I think, but she has been getting at least a lot of early critical praise. People are kind of singling her out as the standout from the film. So I think if the film does do really well with awards, we might see her in the conversation. And one other is Marley Maitland, who is also already an Oscar winner. She plays the mother in CODA, which won the Sundance Grand Jury and Audience Awards. And if we think back, Minari won those awards last year. And we saw Yunya Jung win for Supporting Actress. And I think Marley's performance here could really attract some attention. It already has out of Sundance. So we could see something similar happen again next year. Definitely. And I almost put her in my five. I'm kind of thinking about who I can switch out in her place. Maybe actually Glenn Close. So Coda, I thought was fine. I thought it was cute and heartwarming, but mm-hmm. it didn't hit me like Minari mm-hmm. um, or even like another type yeah. of high school film like Lady Bird, which we always talk about. But I do think that Marley Matlin is also really beloved in the industry. She presented at the Oscars this year, so I could absolutely see this happening. So definitely, I think, keep her on your radar, too. So next up, we have Best Actor. My nominees are Denzel Washington for The Tragedy of Macbeth, Will Smith for King Richard, Adam Driver for House of Gucci, Bradley Cooper for Nightmare Alley, and Christian Bale for Canterbury Glass. All of mine are the same, except I went with Mass again here for Jason Isaacs. I love Jason Isaacs. I would absolutely love for him to get nominated. I think he's a great actor, and the buzz for this film, again, is very intense, and people love his performance for this movie. Mm-hmm. I just haven't seen it, so... yeah. Because my confidence is already low on their campaign, I was just like, I can't do this. I can't put him in here, too. Since we overlapped quite a bit here, Mm -hmm. who are you most confident about, do you think? I would say Denzel is my easy number one, and then I would put Will Smith in number two. What about you? I also have Denzel at number one. He will probably be my leader for a long time, Mm -hmm. I think. Yeah. And then... I would say I'm also, I'm between Will Smith and Adam Driver for my number two. Yeah. Adam Driver, I just don't know again, like, are they going to put all of the men in this movie in supporting? Like, I just don't know the size of his role yet. Mm-hmm. Um, he very well could be lead. It seems like he will be. So that's why I have him here. But Will Smith, I mean, he's playing Venus and Serena's dad. 
Richard Williams. So here we have a biopic. He's been nominated twice before. He's so popular. So I feel like he could just get in on Goodwill alone. Yeah, it feels almost like he's been gone for quite a while. He has been nominated for two Oscars in the early 2000s. But I think in seeing some of the early stills from the movie too, and his transformation and playing this really iconic role that maybe I don't know much about, but I feel like is going to be really impactful. I think he could definitely have a good shot here. And then as far as Denzel goes, he's playing Macbeth. And this is an iconic character, obviously, with tons of meaty dialogue. He'll be doing monologues and soliloquies. He's going to be playing off of Francis McDormand as Lady Macbeth. And Mm -hmm. we have an opportunity to give him a third Oscar. And I think he deserves three Oscars. I also just love the idea that Francis could be the one to give him the Oscar, since traditionally the Best Actress winner from the year before gives Best Actor. But Hopkins is a Shakespearean actor by trade, so it would also be really neat to see him give Denzel an Oscar for this. He's also, I think, going to have some attention because he's directing a film called A Journal for Jordan. So I think just having his name around in different categories might also help him here. Definitely. And I think that rule also applies to Adam Driver here. He'll be in Annette this year. He'll also be in The Last Duel, which is another Ridley Scott movie Mm -hmm. coming out. He'll be everywhere, which was kind of how he was the marriage story year, being in The Rise of Skywalker and The Report. So I think he can still like come through. And additionally, this year, he will have Lady Gaga to help him with his campaign, which is... (laughs) We know is always a good thing. A great resource. (laughs) So you don't have Bradley Cooper for Nightmare Alley, but this could be me just liking him and wanting a double nom here. I recently watched the Tyrone Power Nightmare Mm -hmm. Alley from the 40s, which is on YouTube. If anyone wants to watch it, like the full movie is right there. And I think this will be a perfect fit for Bradley Cooper. And I'm thinking that people could be really impressed by the range of his performances if we get the PTA movie and the Del Toro movie. So... I think it's possible that he could pick up two. I didn't put him in because I don't know how I feel about Guillermo del Toro's movies. Obviously, The Shape of Water did really well a few years ago, but before that, he had Crimson Peak, and I know we've talked about this a little bit before too, but besides Pans and Shape of Water, his films don't really get a ton of attention at the Oscars. So even though this is like super actor heavy i don't know much about the movie and i guess you can speak more since you watched the original i'm gonna save this for when we talk about the best picture nominees okay so i guess i was just weary overall of putting anyone in without knowing anything about it i think some notable mentions here were michael b jordan in a journal for jordan and peter dinklage in serrano definitely with peter people i think i saw that a lot in other critics' predictions. And then with Michael B. Jordan, it could be his time. I think he's going to have a really big performance in that movie. Yeah, Peter Dinklage is my six right now. And I also thought about putting him in. He has done so well at the Emmys. He won for playing Tyrion Lannister in seasons when Tyrion didn't do anything (laughs) compared to some of the other characters. So I think that, you know, seeing him in a big movie that is one of those... MGM Amazon movies 
he could get a nomination. I do think that's definitely possible. Michael B. Jordan, I could also see happening, but I'm thinking back to just Mercy when I early predicted him, and that didn't pan out. What about Matt Damon and Stillwater? Did you see those pictures? Or yeah, the trailer? with a goatee. I didn't see a trailer. Another one, obviously, Tom McCarthy made Spotlight, but I feel like this story could be really hit or miss. I agree. The movie does just look like it will attract a certain population of voters. And I don't know, though, how much that will carry over to an acting nomination for him. Mm -hmm. This kind of gives me vibes of Joaquin Phoenix in You Were Never Really Here. Oh, that that was a movie that I did see by myself at a 9:30 a.m. showing <laughs> just put yourself in in that position <laughs> and now you know how i feel about that um this looks a little more i would say mainstream audience friendly than you were never really here okay. but a similar type of i think like vengeful father like type of man on a journey <laughs> that's like a similar vibe i guess But I think it'll connect with the AMC going crowd Mm -hmm. in a way that you were never really here did not. Yeah. Okay. So next up is Best Actress. My nominees here are Jessica Chastain in The Eyes of Tammy Faye, Lady Gaga in House of Gucci, Jennifer Hudson in Respect, Frances McDormand in The Tragedy of Macbeth, and Marion Cotillard in Annette. And I put her here because I think she'll be lead, but... I also saw her in some supporting predictions. I cannot wait to see Annette. Oh my God, I'm so excited. We overlap on three here. Lady Gaga, Frances McDormand, and Jennifer Hudson. My other two, so I have Ana de Armas getting in for Blonde, and Rachel Zegler for West Side Story. Both of those were really, really close for me. I actually had both of those on my list and took them off at some point, so... (laughs) We basically have the same people. So who would you say you're most confident will get in? 100% Lady Gaga. I think all of those stills that we've gotten have only fired audiences, fired critics up even more. Yeah. Lady Gaga for me too. Part of me is like, am I just like hope dicting this because I want her around? (laughs) But also she's just the master of the awards campaign. Mm-hmm. She released like one still to Instagram and everyone lost their minds. So I'm just ready for her to murder Adam Driver. Incredible. <laughs> like I just, I want all of it. She's definitely my like first place right mm-hmm. now, just as far as predictions go. I don't know if she'll win, obviously, but Jennifer Hudson also in respect, like playing a famous singer in a biopic, previous mm-hmm. winner. The movie could be terrible, just like the United States versus Billie Holiday and she we'll probably get in. Yeah, and this is one that I had predicted in my draft from last year. And yeah. <laughs> I think through the year I was I felt kind of iffy about it. But now that the trailer came out, now that we know more about it and that even like Aretha wanted J Hud to play her in a biopic mm-hmm. and that she is that I'm feeling a little bit more confident. I would almost put Francis above her though at number two. Because again, really well-known subject matter. I need that Lady Macbeth speech. And you know Francis is going to deliver. She's playing my no surprise favorite Shakespearean character of all time. (laughs) And 
I mean, that role, she's just going to kill it. There's just no way she won't. And especially with what I've read about this movie and her working with Joel. Yeah, I feel like she's playing one of the most well-written women in literature of all time. And Mm -hmm. we know the Academy loves her. So I think she'll be back too. So I also just quickly mentioning Rachel Zegler for West Side Story. I put her in here because a lot of times the Academy does like to recognize an ingenue or a newcomer in a role that we've seen before in some way. And she is playing the Natalie Wood Maria part in West Side Story. And she has already started campaigning. And this movie doesn't come out for months. (laughs) So... I feel like there's a very good chance that she could get in here to this field. The original West Side Story got a lot of love. It won 10 Oscars. And some of those were in acting. But I don't feel as confident in how voting members are going to receive this new cast. I know, Mm -hmm. say, like Rita Moreno's in there and pretty recent newcomers like Rachel Zegler and Ariana DeBose. And I wonder if part of the conversation is going to be in comparing it to the original and if that's going to affect how this one does at the Oscars. I have more comments on things that I'm scared of with this movie, but I'll save them Mm -hmm. for when we get to best picture. (laughs) And then just my other one. So Ana de Armas, I put her in again, biopic transformation playing Marilyn Monroe. We've already seen a couple of photos of her and she looks really good in this Mm -hmm. movie. So I put her in here, but we need to talk about your Jessica Chastain prediction because some stills from the eyes of Tammy Faye came out today and I need to know what you think of them. I wonder if this is going to be similar conversation to like Glenn Close's wigs in Hillbilly Elegy. These do not fit her well, but um, (laughs) I think like I put her in here because... She's had Oscar's attention. She's playing a televangelist, so she's going to have this huge personality. Mm-hmm. I have no idea what to expect, but how did you feel about the photos? It definitely looks like something where it could get just like a most makeup nomination here. But the stills kind of gave me like Hillbilly Elegy meets The Help vibes, which... Yep. <laughs> I mean, I don't know what kind of sign that really is for Oscar predictions. But, I mean, she is playing a real-life person. I think my bit of hesitation here for this one is that it's directed by Michael Showalter, whose last movie was The Lovebirds on Netflix, which I did not like at all. So I just don't really know what type of movie this is going to be. I would say it's probably obviously more of the comedic bent, but he did also make The Big Sick, which got a mm-hmm. screenplay nomination at the Oscars. So anything is really possible here. Okay, so next up we have Best Director. My nominees here are Ridley Scott for House of Gucci, Steven Spielberg for West Side Story, Joel Cohen for The Tragedy of Macbeth, Jane Campion for The Power of the Dog, and Ashgar Farhadi for A Hero. We have three that overlap. That's Ridley Scott, Steven Spielberg, and Joel Cohen. My other two are Wes Anderson for The French Dispatch and mm-hmm. Paul Thomas Anderson for Soggy Bottom. Surprised you don't have PTA in here. Yeah, I don't have PTA. And I want to have PTA in here really badly. But I'm not as confident in this type of movie being a big Oscar player like Phantom Thread or There Will Be Blood. I feel like those are much more 
academy friendly and this to me seems more in the style of boogie nights or inherent vice i don't know if it'll get him best director level oscar attention i'm hopeful obviously Mm -hmm. but part of me here is just playing it safe because i don't want to get my hopes up with pta i definitely wanted to mix it up a little bit um as far as like including some veterans here but i put ashgar farhadi in here because recently as we've seen the academy has a slot for an international filmmaker and i feel like he could be a really good option here he has gotten oscar attention before for a separation and then i put jane campion in here too because i think you know after chloe Zhao won last year and emerald Fennell was also nominated i think the academy will want to continue nominating women here and she has been nominated before and this is kind of her big return so mm-hmm. i'm thinking they could maybe recognize her yeah putting together my predictions i was just kind of disappointed with how things felt again we don't really know much at this point mm-hmm. but i wanted to include women and international directors mm-hmm. i was close to putting in paulo sorrentino for the hand of god because he's mm-hmm. really spoken about how this film is super personal to him and that could play well with oscar voters he previously won in 2014 for the great beauty and also oscar voters at least in the international feature category really like Italian films. And then I thought about putting in Olivia Wilde for Don't Worry Darling, but I'm not sure if this is going to be an Oscar movie or not. Mm -hmm. The other female director that I feel has attention coming off of the festival circuit is Sean Hader for Coda. Again, similar feelings of like, this film is cute and well-made, but is it going to be enough for voters? And Mm -hmm. when you have veterans like Ridley Scott or Steven Spielberg, are they going to be able to get in with those other nominees? So which one of your picks are you most confident about? I think it's close between Spielberg and Cohen. I don't know about picking a number one. Do you have one? I'm leaning Cohen because I think it's going to have a lot of flair to it. He did really cool things by shooting it all on sound stages to make it feel disconnected from reality, having it in black and white. And I think anytime you're directing big performers like that with those types of performances, taking on a text like Shakespeare can really pan out. But yeah, I'm I'm torn. I would say I'm most confident, though, in Cohen, Spielberg, or even Ridley Scott. Mm -hmm. I think maybe I would lean Spielberg. Just because this material is so epic, I think that could help. And the teaser trailer we got during the Oscars definitely held up to my expectations, at least. I think I just love the original too much <laughs> to like fully buy into what Spielberg is doing here. But that doesn't mean the Academy won't like it. So mm-hmm. I'm just being resistant. Did you have any others that were close to getting in? Yeah, um, I did also think about Paolo Sorrentino for The Hand of God because like you said they love Italian films I also thought about Guillermo del Toro for Nightmare Alley Mm -hmm. another person who is very respected by the director's branch and by the Academy a previous winner 
And I unfortunately also thought of David O. Russell for Canterbury Glass. I'm thinking that this will definitely pick up some attention, but I am hoping that... Yeah. Yeah. That's all I'm going to say. I'm surprised you don't have Denis Villeneuve. He's one I really wanted to put on. (laughs) He's well overdue for some Oscars attention, but big blockbuster doesn't scream best director award for me. And that's what I'm scared about. Yes, but I think this year might be different. I think coming off of the pandemic and getting back to theaters, people are going to be excited about big movies again. The year we had last year celebrated a lot of smaller films. Films were nominated, I think, for Best Picture that we will, or it'll be a while until we see maybe films like Sound of Metal or Minari get that much Oscar attention. And I think this year it's like back to the big ones. I think we're going to get a lot of popular big studio movies in there. And so I think there is a chance, like if Dune is what Nolan wanted Tenet to be, this like return to theaters with all of these amazing technical components and played really loud and Dolby, mm-hmm. I think that could happen. But also, have we had like a picture or director nomination of a huge studio film that's split into parts? The Godfather. I think that's completely different, but I see your point. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, maybe I'm going way too far back in time, but recently... Yeah, there's nothing I can really think of. But again, if he does get in, amazing. I would love it. But I don't think people know that it's really split into two parts. That's another thing. It's just called Dune, and most people don't really know what they're getting, that it's going to be split. Because there's mm-hmm. a clear break that works in the book, I think it, it'll it be fine, maybe. I just want to see it. It's coming so mm-hmm. soon, I feel like. Four months. We're almost there. I have four months Wait, to finish the book. four months? <laughs> yeah. October oh, 1st. I thought it was closer than that. I think it was August, and then they moved it back. Oh, man. Well, we know what we're doing then. Okay, so for our last category today, we'll be doing Best Picture. My nominees are... And there is no order to this at all. West Side Story, The French Dispatch, The Humans, House of Gucci, Dune, Come On, Come On, The Tragedy of Macbeth, King Richard, Soggy Bottom, and Blue Bayou. Okay. We overlap on six out of ten. Okay. That's great. So not too bad, but interesting. Mm -hmm. So I have Nightmare Alley. West Side Story, The French Dispatch, Canterbury Glass, The Power of the Dog, House of Gucci, The Tragedy of Macbeth, Dune, Soggy Bottom, and Cyrano. And I think with the ones that we don't overlap with, we really don't know much about. So maybe that's why they're different. I think that's part of it. I feel also like I went really big. Like I was kind of Mm -hmm. mentioning, I tried to go bigger, but then also like tried to make room for maybe smaller ones. Mm -hmm. I'm just not confident enough to put like multiple A24 films in, for example, or like a mass, that type of movie. Again, I just feel like people are going to value these big theatrical experiences more this year than in recent years. Mm -hmm. So I think with Nightmare Alley, we can get into that conversation maybe now of like why I put it here and maybe why you didn't. I totally get your point about Guillermo del Toro's earlier works with like Pan's Labyrinth and The Shape of Water being his only movies that have really gotten Oscar's attention. But 
winning Best Picture and Best Director for a movie with Fishman is kind of crazy that that happened, especially in a year with such amazing films that I will always remember from that year. That's an achievement, and this is more normal than that one. I mean, it'll have, like, weird Guillermo flair, I'm sure, but stacked cast. Bradley Cooper, Kate Blanchett, Rooney Mara, Tony Collette, Richard Jenkins, big cast, great mm-hmm. cast. It is based on old Hollywood again. You have film noir, and it's backed by Searchlight, which is a really big player. So in Searchlight, we trust. I feel like they're the studio I think of with, like, who does really well with awards campaigns. Mm-hmm. So that's why I put it in here in addition to the others. I kind of forget that Guillermo won Best Director for Shape of Water. Isn't that That's weird so that that bad. wasn't a split year? Crazy. It's so, so strange. And like you mentioned, A24, I think I put Come On, Come On here, which is the Joaquin Phoenix road film. It's directed by Mike Mills, who has made two of some of my favorite films of all time, Beginners and 20th Century Women. And I'm thinking about, okay, there's 10 nominees now. How are they going to fill all of those spots? Are they going to spread the wealth and do some small picks, do some big picks? Or are they not going to really include any independent films? I will say, though, like thinking back to the years when we have had 10 We've had such a nice variety of films. Like we've had animated films get nominated. We've had blockbusters, smaller indies. So I'm hopeful that it is a mix. Mm -hmm. It's just hard to imagine at this point when we haven't seen any of these movies, how it'll look with 10 actually getting in. Mm -hmm. So it's just hard to think about. But yeah, we could. I mean, obviously, there are plenty of other movies that could get in here instead of the ones that we've picked. But at this point, which of these movies are you most confident will get a Best Picture nomination? Again, I'm going to have to say West Side Story or House of Gucci. What about you? Oh, it's so hard. I think it's going to be really funny if House of Gucci is bad. (laughs) (laughs) I think I'm actually going to go with Nightmare Alley. Hmm, Okay. I think it's going to have a lot of support in the crafts. And again, the searchlight backing, I think it'll get nominated. Mm-hmm. But I really could be making a mistake here betting on Guillermo del Toro. So we'll see. <laughs> I also noticed that this year I didn't have a lot of Netflix picks. Mm-hmm. Like last year on this type of episode, we talked about Mank, Hillbilly Elegy, Trial of the Chicago 7, The Five Bloods. There were all these Netflix movies coming out. And this year I have, let's see, I have three Searchlight films. I have one Netflix movie, Power of the Dog. I have three MGM movies, one A24, one Warner Brothers, and then two 20th Century Studios with West Side Story and Canterbury Glass. So I like went all in on the big studios, and now I feel off about that. And I guess, yeah, I don't have any Netflix movies. I kind of went all in on A24, which going in, I didn't think about studios, which maybe would have helped in my decision-making. But I think out of the A24 is definitely the tragedy of Macbeth. And then I am hopeful for the humans. It's this really beloved Broadway play adaptation that is being directed by newcomer Stephen Karam, but is starring Stephen Yoon, Beanie Feldstein, Richard Jenkins, June Squibb, and Amy Schumer. So kind of eclectic, but also some... Oscar love in there. 
The Humans is exciting. This sounds like something I would really like. And again, like things that sound like things that I would really love, I'm always hesitant to like fully back them for award stuff. But what's exciting about it, I think, is that Stephen Karam, the director, it's his play. Mm-hmm. So it could he could really know how to translate it well, or it could, you know, be staged to screen. But last year we had The Father, and that ended up turning out really well. So it could be something like that. I did almost put Jane Howdyshell in my predictions because she is reprising her role from the Broadway play and she ended up winning a Tony for that role. So I think there is a good chance like if this thing tracks that she could get a lot of awards attention and even Oscars attention for it. And one other that I, based on the love that it's gotten so far, I would love to see it here, but was worried because I didn't want to have two musicals in here, and that's In the Heights, which Mm -hmm. I think could be another big blockbuster that could get in. I just don't know if it's going to be like West Side Story, Mm -hmm. In the Heights face-off. Yeah, I was hesitant to put it in because we don't have the Golden Globes this year. So without the extra boost comedies or musicals can get there i just don't know how many musicals we will get at the oscars but i think once i see it i might have a better idea of like can i see the academy voting for this as their number one movie of the year and then just to wrap up if you could see any one of these movies today tonight someone tells you like you can go see any of these movies that you want which one are you picking Ooh, wow i think i have to pick dune (laughs) 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 it's been so long i just need it (laughs) that's totally fair which one would you pick i'm really torn but i'm going with house of gucci i need to know i need to know what's happening in this movie i have to know if it's good i have to see lady gaga and adam driver play a married couple like i i need that Mm -hmm. so i would definitely pick that one (laughs) and there were tons of movies today that we obviously didn't mention Let us know what you think will be nominated. I know it's, again, very far in advance. Feel free to let us know, like, what your predictions are and what you're most excited to see. And then if we do do our draft at some point, we can also mention some of the technical categories. But it'll be fun once we, like, actually start getting these movies to Mm -hmm. make more confident predictions. Definitely. So next time on Oscar Wilde, we'll be talking about one of our most anticipated movies of the year, In the Heights. We'll be sharing our reactions to that movie, what we think about its Oscar chances, and also sharing, I think, some of our favorite movie musicals. And that'll be out June 11th, both in theaters and on HBO Max. So check that out. And I'm so excited to see this. I can't wait. It just looks like the perfect summer movie. Mm -hmm. Thank you all for listening. And we will see you next time. Check us out on Instagram and Twitter at Oscar Wilde Pod. Thanks everyone for listening and we'll see you next week. Bye.